Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callus, episode 588, coming to you on February the 22nd, the year of our Lord, 2024, and today, well, of course, we're going to end up talking about elections. Uh, I had planned on doing a book review or talking about a movie, to to be quite honest with you, I know we're all going to be tired of this primary election. In fact, I'm tired of the primary election. And this is something I love. This is something I'm deeply involved with. But doggone it. I mean, I I guess I, on the one hand, I'm grateful that this is over with in March. But on the other hand, the run-up is so short that we really are hard-pressed to get good quality candidates and challengers. Uh, And I shouldn't say that to dismiss the the batch we've got this time. We, We got a mixed bag. I'll just put it that way. Some are really good and some not so much, in my opinion. And as always, before I get any further, let me remind you, everything about this show is based on the title of the show, according to Callus. It is my opinion, my thoughts on the matter. If I say something's an absolute fact, I will give you a reference or where I got it from. If I say something is my opinion or my thoughts, which is pretty much everything, uh, that's our starting point. I read and listen to information all day, every day. Um, I don't always keep track of it unless it's something specific, proven, reinforced, and then I will bring that to light. That being said, I do know certain things. I do see things first and second hand that sometimes I choose not to talk about or I wait until action is taken one way or the other, and then I will comment on it. Why? Because I value my credibility. I mean, look, there's a lot of people that are going to dismiss me because I'm right of center. They're going to dismiss me because, you know, I identify as a liberty guy. I'm a Ron Paul guy, right? Um, I tend to avoid the rabbit holes of conspiracies, not because I don't believe they're real, but just because I don't believe anything's gained by messing with it. The, the attitude of who cares comes to mind a lot, right? Unless there's a valid reason for going into all the detail, most people just don't care. They get, they want bullet point, short answer, give me cut to the chase. And I got to admit, that's kind of how I'm wired. I want you to cut to the chase. And if I need more detail, I'll ask questions or I will ask for additional information or whatever. So I try and do the same with this, which is why I try and limit myself to 30 minutes every time, which is why I try and you know, hit it two, three, five different items because I don't want to overload you with details. I don't want to bore you, if you will. But as is often the case, when elections are on, things happen. So first and foremost, let me just say, in case it was not clear, uh, I got a call from a good friend of mine uh, yesterday that was confused because I have not put out either on my social media or in an email that, Hey, I support, or I endorse Keith self. So I want to address that first and foremost, just so we're clear, I've been a fan of Keith self and I've had the fortunate opportunity to know the guy and meet him. Not like we go to dinner or anything, nothing like that. Just, I know the guy, he addresses me by first name and I get to call him by his title. (laughs) That being said, I respect the heck out of the guy. Okay. Um, when he was the County judge, I was very happy with that. When he was thinking about running for Congress, I encouraged him to do so. When he came back to run for Congress the last go-round, I was very supportive of that. 
there is, however, a proviso I want to put in here. I am a Ron Paul guy. And if you give me a Ron Paul opportunity or a Ron Paul guy opportunity, right, I'm going to vote for that person. That doesn't mean that I believe that person has a shot. It doesn't mean that I think that person is, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to go all in on it, right? I'm going to vote my conscience. I'm going to talk positive. I'm going to stay positive because I want people that come from the Ron Paul circle, the Ron Paul wing of the Republican Party to actually run and be involved. That is the most encouraging, most important thing in my mind as the Republican Party goes forward. If we want to respect liberty, if we want to increase liberty, we need people that actually value that over other things. So that end, you know, I, I took time and I interviewed Jeremy. I, I think Highly of Jeremy. I know he knows the Constitution very well. I know that's his primary focus. I know he's a Ron Paul guy. That being said, I'm also well aware, best case scenario, and I don't mean this to disparage him or put him down or anything, best case scenario, he gets 5% of the vote. Now that 5% could force a runoff. More likely, it's going to be 2 to 3%. Just Best case scenario, 5%, right? But we've got four other candidates. Well, I'm sorry. We've got three other candidates running against our incumbent, Keith Self. I don't know much about two of the three. I have met them. I don't dislike them. I don't think poorly of them. The primary person running against Keith Self this go-round lost the last time around. And when I spoke to that person... I was left with the impression that they were offering nothing that I didn't already get out of Keith Self. My incumbent congressman who was with the 20 that that did stand in the gap multiple times for us. Now, look, personally, I'm a little squeamish and I squeamish is wrong. I'm I'm not a big fan of war. I, I don't want to support Ukraine. I, I understand that once you get involved, you have to see it through. I get that. And I imagine if I'm being completely gracious, that's where Keith Self is coming from. Look, we already started this. I'm here. We got to see it through. I, I get it. I, I, I'm willing to give him a pass on that. I set that aside. But as far as congressmen go, we could do far worse. I'm not sure we can do much better unless we were to clone Ron Paul or one of his uh, followers and install them in that office. I don't think we can do better than Keith Self. So he didn't ask for an endorsement. I would give it potentially if he asked for it. If it goes to a runoff, I'm going to be 100% all in behind Keith Self. I think the world of the guy. Now, let me just pause here for just a second. Because I've met the guy, because I've known the guy from being around and involved in politics, I will tell you without a doubt, he is uber conservative. He stands on principle. He does the right thing as he understands it. And he has sacrificed his life in service to both his country and to a degree the services of his county, and then he came back and said, I'm going to serve my country once again. I don't know about you, but even if there are minor differences, which there are, I'm willing to back and stand behind somebody like that. Absolutely. However, because I am a Ron Paul guy and I have an opportunity to vote for a guy that is essentially a Ron Paul guy, I, I feel called to stand on that principle. I don't expect this is going to go to a runoff. I think Keith has proven himself and he is going to win his reelection straight up in the primary. I could be wrong, but
but but I feel confident about that. In either case, if it does go to a runoff, there will be no doubt in anybody's mind where I stand on that. When you have other options that are slight variations of what you already have, and the one that you have, in this case, Keith Self, has proven themselves to be very solid and a stalwart and doing the right thing, why in the world would you want to replace them? You need a rock star to come in. In my mind, that's somebody that's, you know, Ron Paul Jr. I think I get that out of Jeremy. I I am well aware that best case scenario, the absolute best case scenario, the guy gets 5% of the vote. I'm aware of that. And I'm also aware that could be the result of a runoff. And for that, I'm not excited, but I'm going to stand by that. But if you're undecided, if you're not sure, if you're wavering, I'm going to just tell you, your best choice is Keith Self. If you're in Congressional District 3 and you're not a Ron Paul person like I am, your only choice is Keith Self. That doesn't mean that the other people are bad. That doesn't mean that the other people don't deserve consideration. It just means that they're not offering anything that you already don't get from Keith. I hope that clears it up. (laughs) I've invested uh, seven or eight minutes in that, but I just wanted to be absolutely clear because if I've got a close personal friend of mine that doesn't know where I stand on that issue, I, I figured it was worth putting it out there. All right. Subject number two. I, I saw an interesting email go out courtesy of something called Blue Bonnet. Basically, smearing Daryl Hale. Now, look, this is usually something that somebody does as an act of desperation or a you know flailing in the death rows. Um, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt that the candidate, that would be Jim Garrison, didn't know this was coming out. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here because this is not only below the belt, it's entirely disingenuous. I'm not going to go into the details, but I will tell you without a doubt, having known Daryl Hale personally for multiple years, I'm probably going back to prior to his first run at the um, commissioner's court and actually having meals with the guy, spending time with his family to imply that he doesn't want to protect women where he doesn't respect women, knowing that he has a wife that loves him and four daughters that he's taken really good care of beyond being below the belt is just ridiculous. Now, I feel that if you're going to call somebody out and you're going to essentially lie about them or at least twist the facts that exist to the point to imply that they're guilty of this, then you need to be outed. So the person behind Blue Bonnet is none other than a gentleman by the name of Joshua Frick. Now, I don't know that he wrote the email. I don't know that he was directly responsible for the email. Any more than I know that the candidate himself, Jim Garrison, was aware that this email was going out. But I can tell you the person behind Blue Bonnet is him. And it went out under Blue Bonnet. So whether he did it himself, he is complicit. He, he is actually more guilty than what he's accusing Daryl Hale of being guilty of. So I, I am offended for Daryl. I haven't talked to Daryl. I have not spoken to Daryl about this. It's not worth investing any time in. I know enough about the details of the case that they're referencing that Daryl had zero to do with any of it. And if I thought he did, if I thought he was in support of this, that would be a different story. We would have a much longer conversation. In fact, I'd probably devote an entire episode on how that happened, but that's not the case. 
because the very case that they've shown lists Daryl only because he's a member of the commissioner's court. Now, you need to do your own background check on that. You need to do your own research. You shouldn't trust anything anybody tells you without checking it out. And that includes me. So if you got that email from Blue Bonnet, a.k.a. Joshua Frick, you need to go do your own research. Do not take that at face value. It's garbage. That being said, also last night, I got, I don't remember if it was a social media post or an email. It, it doesn't really matter at this point. I got something from the opponent of Scott Craig. Now, I did reach out to Scott to ask a couple of questions about this. But again, same issue here. It seems like a desperate ploy. It comes across poorly. And if you're going to say somebody that attained a certification but didn't maintain it because it was no longer relevant to their job means that they did not attain that certification. Oh man, that's kind of a stretch. Now, if it's true, it should be addressed. Likewise, the so-called mistake, I don't know any details behind that. I'm not sure what happened. I don't think any of us know what happened other than perhaps the outgoing tax assessor collector in Scott himself. And allegedly responded that you didn't need to know about that. Well, one would wonder why anybody would think that. Unless, of course, they had an absentee boss, which is allegedly what the situation was. And again, I don't know the details. I'm not going to cast dispersions. I'm not going to assign guilt to anybody. But I think it's a good question to ask Scott. Hey, what happened here? What is he talking about? What really happened here, right? What was the resolution? And even if you did make a mistake, did you make it right? That's far more important. Did you make it right? Was it correctable? In addition to that, if your certifications are not up to speed, why is that? Is there some extenuating circumstance? Is it something that's easily remedied? I mean, come on, it's continuing education. That's what we're balancing the whole thing on. Man, I mean, again, even if it's true, it's such a stretch. We, do, we can do better. We deserve better. I, I mean, we've got incumbent state reps that apparently feel nervous enough that they have to take pot shots and low blows against their opponents. You don't do that from a position of strength. You don't do that because you think you're coasting to a victory. You do that because you're worried. Now, that being said, I don't know all the details. I don't live in either of those districts. I didn't see what went on. I hear about it secondhand. Again, as always, do your own research. Go invest your time to find out what the truth is. And as always, if you're not sure, pick up the phone and call the person. I did see a lot of posts uh, going out over the last weekend, and I guess during the early part of this week, from people that I know, basically saying that you are going to hear rumors and and again, I'm paraphrasing, and you're going to hear stories about people, you shouldn't just trust them. You, you should, you know, look into it. You, you should investigate for yourself. Absolutely wholeheartedly. That's why I really struggle putting out information that I can't verify. I, I, I don't want to do that. I mean, if I hear an accusation, I might repeat it, but make sure that I explain that this is what the accusation is. I can't prove it, but you can. You can go look into this. I, I did reach out to Scott. Hopefully he'll call me back today 
and I'll get a good answer as to what happened there. And if in fact that everything that was said by his opponent is 100% accurate and true, that's concerning, but it's not necessarily a deal breaker unless it's proven beyond a shadow of doubt and, or it's been lied about as my wife says, I don't do lying. You know, when you, when you've got a candidate or even an elected official that lies about facts, you know, actual actions that occurred, boy, that's tough. You can't just overlook that. Now I get when people run for office, they inflate things, they, they color things in the best possible light that they, they maybe defer and don't give direct answers. I, I get that. It's all part of the game. I'm not offended by that. But if you say you support, support X, Y, and Z, and then you turn around and work to defeat X, Y, and Z, that's a problem. If you're accused of breaking a law or violating some principle or whatever else, and then you lie and say, I didn't do that. Are you lying because the case hasn't been adjudicated or are you lying because, well, you just don't want to be caught with that? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. And if it's something where it's, let's say, less than problem, <laughs> case in point, my own my own uh, house district representative, I, I gave, and I to an extent, I still give him a lot of grace. He made a what I call a dumb error um, as far as removing signs. Now that that's all come to light and it's been proven, man, man, dumb, dumb thing to do. But at the end of the day, I don't know that that's disqualifying. Now, there are other things that have occurred that maybe, maybe I haven't decided yet. I I don't feel that I can tell somebody else what to do. I never feel comfortable telling somebody you must vote for this or you must support this unless it's, you know, in November and you have choice, uh, Sleepy Creepy Joe and pretty much anybody with an R after their name, unless, of course, it's... uh, (laughs) Nikki, uh, but basically any Republican with a pulse and brainwaves would be better than the current resident in chief. That being said, I still wouldn't go out and demand that you, <laughs> I'm not serving my own purposes. I'm certainly not serving yours. All right. Last thing I want to touch base on as far as candidates go. Once again, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I want to always be objective and I always want to be fair when dealing with people, especially people that I know or have met. And I have a certain amount of respect for anybody that's willing to throw their hat in the ring. Anybody that's willing to do the work. How can you not? You can't just dismiss people, right? It's, it's not lost on me that there are people that are very concerned about a position or an issue and how somebody stands when they're going to be the county chairman. I think it's an appropriate thing to be concerned about how much time or energy are you going to be able to essentially donate to the county party. I think those are fair issues. But what I also will tell you is when you're the county chairman, your personal preferences go aside. Your your personal interests have to be back burner. Now, not everybody will do that. Not everybody can do that. And we have what I will call a very interesting situation playing out in our executive committee right now. 
we we've got at least two different factions that are essentially vying for control and trying to dominate what the outcome is long term. I'm not confident that the couple of factions that are, you know, kind of at war with us, when I mean us, I just mean the party proper, right? They they want to uh, maintain let I've called it a civil war. I think that's the most accurate thing. You got two or three factions vying for control. And and the faction that is most behind one of these candidates is not going to be a positive outcome for the party, in my opinion. Now, in some cases, they may purify in their own mind some of the things about the party. But if you can't win a single race, if you if you don't have a way forward, I'm sorry, that's very concerning for me. Now, I don't want to impugn the candidate that they're supporting. I don't want to say that their candidate necessarily agrees with them. It's just concerning that they think they're going to be able to control and or manipulate this candidate if the election were to go in their favor. To me, that's that's a giant red flag. Now, I don't see that being the case with Shelby. Shelby is my choice. I'm perfectly fine with anybody wanting to vote for either the other two candidates. I, I respect them. I think that they would do an okay job. I think Shelby's going to do a better job. You can feel free to disagree with me. You can feel free to support who you want. We're all Republicans at the end of the day. Most of us are what would be defined as conservatives at the end of the day. We want similar things. We are willing to work together to meet those goals. But I got to tell you, there's a group within the party that doesn't look at it that way. It's my way or the highway. And they have done everything to obstruct getting business done and everything that they could to get specific things their way so they can affect the outcome. That's not the way a republic is supposed to work. That's not the way a party organization is supposed to work. You don't just divvy out and put things to a small group of people and trust that they're going to do what's best for everybody. If you have any doubts of what happens when you put experts in charge, just look at what played out in 2019, 2020, 2021. You had a small group of experts. I got the scare quotes up at this point, telling us how we have to live, telling us how we need to work, telling us what we need to do. How did that work for us? So I'm equally concerned when we put the fate of our county, the fate of our county party in the hands of a half a dozen people who have their own predetermined outcomes that they have deemed are the best and necessary, and they're not willing to deviate or accept anything else. Now, why all three candidates are nice people, all three candidates have various qualifications, most of these folks have coalesced behind somebody else. That is not Shelby Williams. And there's what I would call a significant overlap of these folks who also support a candidate that's running against Keith. Now, I'm not saying that correlation and causation are the same thing here. But what I am saying is I don't see any advantage to voting for a candidate against Keith, which the whole premise and all the support is largely based on cult of personality because really you can't give me a significant difference or a significant improvement over Keith's self. So likewise, when those same folks rally around another person for reasons that that person's not Shelby or that person 
is mildly aligned with us or whatever the reasoning is, that gives me pause. Now, again, it would be wrong to dismiss and say that person's bad or that person can't be trusted. I'm not willing to say that. What I am willing to say is I think that our best option is Shelby Williams. And yeah, I know I've gone on about this election primary stuff for yet another almost entire episode here. And I'm trying to give good advice. I want for people to go vote their conscience. I want for people to do their own investigation. I want for an educated electorate. I'm here to give you the evidence or the information that I have. And I expect you're going to double check me. I expect you're going to go out and do the right thing. I don't want you to just take my word for it. Actually, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if he did because, well, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm not entirely, but I am kidding. Seriously, you need to be certain what you're going to do is something you can both live with and that you're happy about. And if you can't be happy about it, can you at least live with it? You don't always get the best candidate. You don't always get the candidate you liked most, but can you support the person that's in charge? Can you support the person that represents you? Are you willing to live with it? That's the issue we had to deal with, you know, before. We could no longer live with Van Taylor, and we were able to force a runoff, which then gave us the current congressman we have now. The fact that he is still wandering around free, again, still mystifies me, but that's the world we live in with multiple levels of justice. We are at a point where a good number of our people are no longer able to live with our current crop of state representatives. Now, some I can deal with and some I can't. Let's just be honest. Some are slightly better than the others. I'm not willing to throw out the baby with the bathwater here, but there are a lot of folks that are like, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. This was the last straw. In other words, there had already been enough strife and disappointment that this singular vote that happened last year was enough for them. I get it. I really do. I, I, I don't want to argue with them because I respect where they're coming from. If they can articulate all the various other things that let them down. I think Having good candidates step up and run against incumbents that are either entrenched or have drifted from their core principles or no longer support the people that they represent is a good, positive thing. I like the idea that you get challengers for incumbents. I think it keeps us healthy. It keeps us on the right track. I have no fear and I don't get upset about it. I just want to know if somebody's going to run against an incumbent, what are they bringing to the table that the incumbent does? Are they significantly better or different that I can see what I would be gaining by voting for the challenger? But if you're going to run somebody that's essentially the same as the person that's already there, but one or two little things and one or two different votes, I'm sorry, I'm not buying it. I, I don't, I don't see the advantage there. I mean, like it or not, that's kind of how I see the Matt Shaheen race. And to a lesser extent, that's kind of how I see the, the race in HD61. That's why I won't endorse in either race. I mean, look, my recommendation is keep Shaheen. He's done a good job. He's been there, done that. He's always held the line for us on the important things. Does he get everything right? No, but no, neither does anybody else. I already endorsed the two people running in uh, 89 and 67, which would be uh, Abraham George and Darren Mice, respectively. 
They're both solid guys. I know them. And they're going to be significantly different than the current state reps. That doesn't mean I hate any of these people. Well, it doesn't mean I have any hate in my heart for any of these people. Not a fan of Jeff, but that's another story. That has less to do with what he's been doing down in Austin. And it's more of a personal thing. And I'm upfront about that. But at the end of the day, we have to be willing to live with the people that go to represent us. And we need good candidates to run who are going to be significantly different, significantly better. And we don't, if we don't do that, it's to our own peril. But by doing that, we improve the party. We improve our outcome. We improve our representation. I don't see that. I don't think the candidate running against Daryl Hale is going to be any better. In fact, I would suggest based upon some of the things that have happened and come out, he would be less good than Daryl Hale. I would say the same thing about Scott Gregg. I don't have any proof one way or the other on the so-called scandal that's been broke on him, but I know Scott. I've talked to Scott for years. He's an upstanding guy. He's always been straight with me. It's going to take something more direct to waver on that. Same thing about Keith Self and Shelby Williams. Again, I, I, I don't know what more I can tell you than we've got good, solid people that are running for election that are going to do the things we want them to do. That's what we want. That's what we desire. That's what we've been asking for for years and years and years. And here we've got an opportunity. So again, don't take my word for it. Do your own research. Be comfortable. Be confident. Go out and vote. And just so you know, even, uh, well, I should say, two days into early voting, less than 10,000 Republicans have gone and voted. Think about that. There should be at least, at least 160 to 170,000 Republican voters in this primary. And we've only had 10,000 show up or actually less than. Get off your backsides. Get moving. Let's get this done. And with that, this has been According to Callus, And I will see you on the other side.